you'd probably never admit this to your team, but deep down, you'd probably just rather make all the critical decisions yourself. Now, you don't want to offend anyone, but trusting your team is just not realistic for you right now. The problem is, you can't go on like this. It limits your ability to grow your company. It's not sustainable. Something's got to give, and you know that. So how do we fix this inability to trust our employees? Well, stay tuned, and I'll show you how I approach it. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business -business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. How much better would you sleep if there were enough hours in the day to allow you to personally make sure everything happened the way you wanted? You could directly oversee every single situation and make sure every decision was made exactly how you'd want it made. Man, would we sleep good then if that was the case, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we? The, the reason you ask about every detail is because deep down, you know that if you don't, something's going to slip through the cracks. We're going to disappoint a customer. We're going to make things hard. We're going to, we're going to, you know, make a costly error. We're going to have a, a safety problem. We're going to something. You don't want to be a jerk. So you'd never say this out loud, especially if your team could hear you. But the reason you can't imagine your company getting any bigger is, is not because you don't have big dreams and big goals. It's because you've reached the, the limit of the number of things you can personally oversee yourself. And growing any more would mean you would have to give up that control. And you just can't imagine trusting your employees to really make those important decisions. But continuing on like this, double-checking every critical decision is looking less and less and less like it's sustainable. You feel like you're being stretched too thin, that you're not going to be able to manage things anymore. Oh, and trying to take some time off? Yeah, right. Like, forget about two-day weekend or a two-week two vacation. A four-day weekend seems like it's out of the question right now. Taking off a, an afternoon and not worrying about what's going on while you're gone it seems like out of the question. That four-day weekend, when you come back, you're just drive in. You're just worried about what am I going to walk into? What kind of mess is there waiting for me? So how can I know this is how you feel? How do we end up here? And how do we get out of it? I'm going to answer this question. I'm going to tell you how I've approached this, how what's worked for me, and what's working for people I serve. So let's start with that first question. How can I possibly know this is how you feel? This is not something we talk about as business owners. This is not a topic of conversation that regularly comes up. It might come up here and there, but not in depth, not in detail, and not frequently. This is one of the many thoughts that business owners have, which they think, I'm the only one who thinks this way. I'm the only one who has this problem. Everybody else seems to have it figured out. Why can't I have what they have? Why can't I trust my employees? And of course, I've been there, so I get it. This is also the point where most people reach out to help for help 
from people like me. This is stage three of five on my service industry success path. And stage three is the most dangerous of all the five stages. Now, I don't say that to scare you or threaten you or convince you or none of that stuff. It is. This is just the way it is. You've all heard by now, if you've been in business for any length of time, or even if you haven't, that 80% of businesses fail in the first two years, the first five years, depends on who you're listening to. 80% of businesses fail in the first couple of years, though. That much we can agree upon. And it's my estimation that most businesses fail at this point. Stage three. I call stage three, the people in stage three, I call them transitionalists, which is a word I completely made up. Maybe it's a word. I don't think it is, but I think I made it up. Because in stage three, this is the point where business owners have to transition from being an employee in their own company to becoming a business owner. They have to transition from having oversight of every outcome to trusting their employees to make good decisions, which will lead to that desired outcome. Now, for some of you, you're either you either got a knot in your stomach just hearing me say that, or you're sitting there going, yeah, right. That ain't going to be me. <laughs> so let me say this again. We have to transition from having oversight of every outcome and making decisions to achieve that outcome to trusting our employees to make good decisions, which will lead to that desired outcome. The other thing we have to do is is we have to transition from delegating tasks to delegating decisions, which again, for some folks, they get that knot in their stomach or wherever you feel stressed. And they're just like, there is no way. I am nowhere near there, buddy. You might as well be uh, talking to somebody else because this ain't going to happen for me. And I get that. So it's important to know that there's nothing wrong with how you feel about this stuff. It's not only predictable, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, I would say it's kind of necessary. In fact, it is necessary. It's not kind of necessary. It is necessary. So how do we get here? Early on, we refine and develop processes just enough for us, the business owner, the decision maker, to be really efficient at making decisions and doing things rapidly. In the beginning, we need need speed and efficiency. Speed and efficiency, baby. We're, We're hopping from one fire to the next. We're doing, we're selling, we're invoicing, we're buying, we're, we're, you know, facilitating moving into a building and our new building, a bigger building. We don't have time to really define or create well-developed processes unless it's something really critical that really matters, is really costly if we get it wrong. Those are the exceptions. By and large, we refine and develop processes just enough so that we can make really efficient decisions and not forget things. We end up with more checklists than we do processes, even though or procedures. Um, but we don't know any better. So we think that they're procedures and they're really just checklists. Hey, don't forget that. Don't forget this. Make sure you do this before you do that. Like those kinds of things, right? Those aren't really processes. And pre- those aren't really procedures. Those are more like checklists. And that's what we have. So we don't forget things. So it's quick and easy for us to make decisions, but we haven't taken the time to explain what we're aiming for and why we're aiming for that. We don't, we don't, um, we don't know, we know enough about that, which gives it, uh, we know enough about what gives it context for us to make decisions. We know the contextual stuff. We know the, what we're trying to accomplish and why, but we don't have the processes and the procedures developed well enough to explain that to anybody except for us. So we understand what we're trying to accomplish and why these things really matter. 
but we don't explain that stuff. We just give people checklists basically and, it, and it kind of expect them to figure it out. This is where we're confronted with that problem. We don't have well enough developed procedures for somebody else to take the ball and run with it autonomously. And we don't have, we haven't committed the time yet to fixing that. So we're stuck in a situation where we, we think we have like things spelled out because we have this contextual knowledge of what we're trying to do and why they don't. So they're doing the best they can without all the contextual knowledge. So I'm going to walk you. I know this is a, 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 I'm probably not explaining this very well. And it's a, a bit of a complicated thought, um, but let me see if I can walk you through it. And, and I'll show you exactly how I go about solving this. And the explanation of solving it is way easier than just what I went through here. So um, the thing to keep in mind is this is almost necessary that we have these um, partially divine, defined and developed processes because if we had taken all that time to explain all these details and, and created really in-depth procedures early on, we wouldn't have made it this far. If we spent all our time developing and improving processes in the earlier stages of a business in the first couple of years, we wouldn't have had time to make sales or to do the work to produce revenue or to get the, or to buy the materials or to do the invoicing. Like if we spent our time doing all these other process and procedure things, we wouldn't have made any money. We wouldn't, wouldn't have made it this far. So it kind of has to happen this way. We develop these things well enough that we can on the fly quickly make good decisions and not forget things, but not well enough for other people to be able to take the ball and run with it. That's kind of the crux of it here. So an analogy I often use, and I hope this is more simplistic than what I just went through a couple minutes ago trying to explain this. Uh, my notes looked really clear when I was, <laughs> I was writing this, but it didn't come out quite as clear as I thought it would. So I apologize for that. But um, the, the analogy I use is, is kind of like this. We're, we're going to explain to somebody, it's just picture it's December and it, you know, middle of winter. And we tell somebody, <clears throat> I need you to pack a suitcase for me. We're going on a trip for a week, but we don't explain to them where we're going. It's December. If we go to Vermont in December for a week for aunt Bertha's funeral, that's a different we need different things in our suitcase if we're going to Maui for vacation for a week. We tend to focus on, here's how you pack a suitcase. We will not spend time generally explaining where we're going and why. We just say, dude, you've packed a suitcase a thousand times. Pack the suitcase and don't mess up. This is really important you don't mess this up. But we don't explain where we're going and why we're going there. So when we do it, we know, for example, if we're going to Maui for vacation, we know that. We're like, hey, I can pack a suitcase. I'm going to make a checklist so I don't forget my snorkel and swimsuit. But more or less, I know how to pack a suitcase. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going, why I'm going. It's a vacation. It's not a business trip, for example. I won't pack business clothes. I'm just going to pack flip-flops flip and shorts and a couple tank tops and call it swell. I can do that because I have that contextual knowledge. All the employees have is a checklist. Don't forget the swimsuit and the snorkel. Okay, I can do that. But if they notice something like, hey, you also might want to grab XYZ, like uh, you also might want to grab sunblock because you're going to Maui for vacation, they won't even know to think of that. They wouldn't even know to say that might be a thing as well as they would if they understand all the contextual stuff. Now, you could say, well, they know there's a swimsuit and a snorkel, so they better think about sunblock. Okay, I get that. But there's other things they may not know because they don't understand the context of things. So how do we progress out of this? How do we get them to understand the bigger pieces of the puzzle? And, and how do we go from where we're at here? We have these really poorly and often cases defined procedures, and we have more checklists and procedures to having 
really robust, well-defined descriptive procedures. That's a that's a huge t- undertaking. So how do we get from here to there? How do we start making progress without creating this massive, daunting task? Well, here's what's worked for me, and here's what's worked for the clients I've worked with in, in doing this. And you've probably heard people say things like, getting processes and procedures in place is critical to long-term, long-term success. And I would totally agree with that. And this is where we're forced to begin taking that on. We don't have a choice. We will either break and suffer some kind of health consequences, like we'll have a, a heart attack. And I, I I laugh about that, but it's not it's not funny. These are serious things. Like the amount of stress we will have is significant. We will have heart attacks. We will have no sleep. We'll have major things happen. We will break. We're only human. Uh, by this point, a company is big enough that it's stronger than we are. Um, so we will break in these circumstances. Or we'll cry uncle and give up control in one way or another. Or the company will have to shrink down to where we can have direct oversight of all these critical processes and procedures, and we can maintain that level of control, or the company will completely fail. Those are really the options. Something is going to give here. We cannot continue along where we need people to make good decisions, but we're not going to give them the context and the education to make those good decisions. And this is where we have to choose between freedom and control. We can have the freedom to have time off and, and share the quality control and, and the improvements and oversight. We can have the freedom that comes with that, or we can maintain control over every decision and every outcome and do all the quality control ourselves. We can have freedom or we can have control in this particular stage. We can't really have both. Now, another way to look at that is we can choose to allocate our time to ensuring every outcome is achieved by way of us personally making the decision or checking on every decision. We can allocate all of our time and energy into making decisions or double-checking the decisions, or we can allocate our time into personally seeing that enough education and training is in place to ensure that people have the proper information and context to make those good decisions on their own. Now, part of this is you have to trust that you have good employees on board. And I would say if you don't have trust that you have good employees on board, then you need to change that because I, I don't know how you can do this. If you don't, if you don't believe that your employees generally want to do a good job, then you got to find some different employees. Are, are there exceptions? Yes. Are you always going to have 5% of your employees? You kind of wish you could have better employees. Yep. That's always going to be the case. But by and large, we have to have a belief that people are, are wanting to do a good job. If we really believe our entire crew does not want to do a good job, then we got bigger problems than what I'm talking about right now today. So this is all based on the predicate that we have people who, by and large, we believe want to do a good job. We have to trust that once we educate them and train them, they will likely make good decisions that we would like. We would likely be happy with the way that they went about making decisions once they know the context of what we're doing. So let me explain. How do we start that? Eventually, someday, we're going to have very well-written procedures and processes that are well, very well-developed. They're going to cover the six things I've talked about before, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. All of, and we'll have those for every process. Every job will have their SOPs nailed down in a book or an, uh, some kind of app or something like that. But that's not where we're at. And going from where we're at to that is a that's a that's a lengthy process. It's not going to happen overnight, and it's not going to happen quickly. And if we try to do it that way, we're going to be frustrated. So where do we start? So here's where I suggest we start. And this is what's worked for me. This is what's worked for folks I work with. Just start with the what, why, and how method. And we're going to get more detail over time, like I said. But for now, just start with 
What are the goals? What does success look like? Can everyone explain the goal or what success looks like? If the answer to that question, that third one, can everyone explain what the goal or success looks like is no, then we don't go any further. Nothing else matters if we can't all agree upon what the goal is or what success looks like. And oftentimes what we do is we go, we'll get to that later. Right now, just pack the suitcase. And I'm saying, tell them if we're going to Maine or if we're going to Maui first, then we'll worry about the details of the suitcase. But we often skip this. So what are the goals? What success look like? Can everyone explain the goal or success? If the answer is yes, we move on. If the answer is no, we do not move on. We do not move on until the answer to this is yes, period. The next thing is why? Why are we doing this? What are the consequences we're trying to avoid? What is so critical that this, about this? Uh, and why does it have to be done properly? Why does this matter? Can everyone explain why this matters? If the answer is yes, we move on. If the answer is no, we do not move on until everyone can explain why this matters. The number one and number two reasons employees don't do things we need them to is because they don't understand what we're trying to do and they don't understand why it matters. I want to say that again. The number one and number two reasons employees do not do what we need them to is because one, they don't understand what we're trying to accomplish. Two, they don't understand why it matters. We almost always skip this because we know in our head, we don't have to, we don't have to write it down. We don't have to explain it because we know in our head, we, when we have four employees, we can run around and make a lot of decisions and figure this stuff out. When you have 14 employees, you can't do that anymore. They have to have the context. They have to understand what are we trying to accomplish? What does success even look like? And why does it matter? Once we have that, then we're going to get into what are, you know, things like what are the smart objectives? We're going to get into the how. What are the smart objectives we're going to put in place to achieve these goals? What are the actions necessary to reach the smart objectives, right? And actions are things like noun, verb, date. An action is something noun, verb, date. Johnny's going to go move this from here to there on Tuesday. That's an action. If it doesn't have a noun verb date, good luck holding somebody accountable to it, right? Next thing is, what are the KPIs that are going to show our progress? So <clears throat> the what, the why, and the how, what are we trying to accomplish? Why are we trying to accomplish it? And then we get in the how, we got smart objectives, we got actions, we got KPIs. And in this stage, we need everyone to explain how are we going to do this? Whose responsibility each piece is? When it needs to be done? What tools, programs, aids are needed? All that kind of stuff, you know, and we'll get more sophisticated, more detailed on that stuff as we go. What's going to tell us if we're on the right path or not? So before we get to the how, though, we got to understand, we got to explain what are we trying to accomplish and why, then we get to the how. In that simple order, what, why, how? If you just integrate that into all things, big things, little things. Once we have these basics in place, then we have the foundational pieces in place to trust and empower our employees. And so we can get a break, a little rest. <laughs> so to get started with these things, we're not going to go from where we're at. We have poorly defined procedures and, and processes that are, are kind of, you know, shoddily put together. We're not going to go from that to having super well-defined very well-written, detailed procedures. That's, it's not going to happen like that. we got to start with something we can manage to free up some time for you to go do these things that require some detail. And the way to do that, in my opinion, what's worked for me and what's worked for people I work with is this what, why, how thing. What does success look like? And this I'm telling you, this is where people get stumbled. They, they trip on this all the time. They, they don't verbalize it, but their actions show them, them believing, I'll explain the what and the why later. Right now, we need to focus on the how. And I'm telling you, from my experience, 
That's not the proper way. It makes it so much harder. If they can't explain the goal, how could they possibly hit it? If they can't explain why it matters, what would be their compelling reason to stick with this? Other than, you know, you begging, pleading, threatening, all the things that you're frustrated having to do right now. We're trying to get away from that. We don't want to have to have the same conversation 14 times where you're begging and pleading and demanding and threatening jobs and like, you know, what do I got to do? I got to fire somebody to make this happen? Like, we want to get away from those conversations. And the way to do it, I'm telling you from my experience is, what is the goal? Why does it matter? And how are we going to do it? Uh, so if this sounds good to you, but you're afraid doing all this is going to mean you're going to have to hold your employees accountable. And that just scares the crap out of you. It terrifies you that you're going to have to hold employees accountable because you're afraid they're going to leave you or they're afraid they're going to resent you or they won't like you. Go to sisthebook.com and get your copy of Service Injury Success. And the book walks you through strategies specifically designed to help you through this. Specific, like well-laid-out strategies, word-for-word, word, explains to you, here's what you can say, here's what you can do to hold these people account- accountable without feeling like a jerk or they're, they're going to resent you or like they're going to leave. So the first thing we do is understand how we got here. It's not, it's not that you're a bad business owner. It's not like you did anything wrong. It's almost by necessi- necessity we get here. We don't have the time in the beginning to develop these things really well. So we do things partially. We develop these processes and procedures partially so we can have um, the ability to make quick, sound decisions because we have all this contextual knowledge. Our employees don't have that. So we need to put that in place so they know when they're packing the suitcase, are they going to Maine? Are they going to Maui for vacation? Are they going to grandma's you know, funeral in Maine? Or are they going to, to Maui for vacation? So those contextual things will help them make decisions that you can trust. Uh, this is and this this stage three is where we're forced to take that on. We get the company grows to a point where we can't oversee every process and every detail anymore, and we have no choice but to start delegating decision making instead of tasks. And something is going to give, and the company by this point is generally stronger than us, and so we really are risking our health and our mental well being and all these things. If nothing else, you're risking sleep for sure. And you got to choose: do I want freedom or do I want control? Or you could look at it like: Am I going to control by personally checking and making every decision? Or am I going to control by putting the education and training in place to make sure people have the proper information and context to make good decisions? So how do we do that? What, why, how? If nothing else, just remember this. What, why, how? We're going to get more detail over time for sure. But the what is, what's the goal? What success look like? Can everybody explain what the goal is or what success looks like? Why is, why are we doing this? What are the consequences we're trying to avoid? What's so critical about this? Why does this matter? Can everybody explain why it matters? If the answer is no, we stop and we stay there until everybody can answer why this matters. Then we get to the how, smart objectives, actions, which are noun, verb, date, KPIs, and everyone can explain how we're going to do it, whose responsibility each piece is, when it needs to be done, which tools, programs, or aids are needed, and what will tell us if we're on the right path to success or not. If people can't explain that last part, like what tells us we're on the right track or not, if we don't have agreement on that, we're not likely to have good outcomes where you can trust their decision-making. And that's the whole point of this, is get you where you can trust their decision-making. So don't forget to go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of Service Injury Success today. If you'd like to implement all this, but you're afraid of holding your team accountable and it's just too much for you right now, then pick up that book. It's 30 bucks. Pick up the book and, uh, and it walks you through some things you can do to help with that. Uh, also want to mention, hey, uh, come check out our Facebook group. I've got enough podcasts out now that I'm starting to organize them in the Facebook group in these uh, new Facebook group, group guides. So you can easily find them. So if you're having people problems, you can find, hey, here's all the people stuff. And if you have process problems, here's all the process stuff. And 
I have stuff questions about my PL. Here's all the PL stuff. So um, plus I've got some other cool things I'm working on in that group. It's called Building a Business That Can Run Without You by Brian Harding. That's what it's called. Um, and of course, if you haven't yet, please give us a rating review and uh, share this with your friends. I really appreciate that. And that's it for this week, and I'll see you all next week. <laughs>